I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're the, the Irreverent, Irreverent Nerds. Nerds. Bum, bum, bum. Nerds, for those of you who are not yet aware, we are currently offering a monthly subscription service for our listeners for the low price of $2.99 per month. I mean, that's like the price of what, a 12-ounce drip coffee at Starbucks or half of a Starbucks latte? For $2.99 a month, subscribers will gain access to two brand new bonus episodes dropping on the first and third Fridays of each month, plus our entire back catalog of bonus episodes. And that ranges from our most recent film review of the 2023 movie Flash, going all the way back to another movie, our very first bonus episode, which not coincidentally is connected to Flash, and that is Tim Burton's 1989 film Batman. And there's a lot in between that you're going to miss out on if you don't subscribe. So hey, click on the link in the description today to get started. Nerds, thank you so much. Now back to today's episode. Nerds. Nerds. We are here. Here. Which is my van. And we are in the parking lot of an AMC theater this time, which is not our normal fare. In fact, I don't think we've been to this theater since the last time we watched an anime I mo- know I have. movie. Yeah, normally we go to either the Grand uh, here in town, which has bigger screens and and it has more of like the, uh, what we call amphitheater seating where it yeah. you know goes down, whereas this one is pretty much flat for the most part, at least the, the theater room that we were in was that um but they do have recliners now and they have a full bar here which i know you don't care about that but that that's pretty awesome like you can get a cocktail and take it into a a movie that's pretty awesome like so i'll probably come back here at some point (laughs) well i chuckled about it when i realized there was a full bar in the theater that's That's, not something you see no no uh, i that's the first time i've seen it uh so i guess that's a new amc feature uh, trying to compete with all the other theaters, like I think the very first theater I went to that had um, served alcohol and like a full meal that you like a legit meal that you could take in, it was this theater. I can't remember the name of it, but it was in Chapel Hill. Oh, cool! And uh, cool, cool. I found it online. I think I was looking for a place. I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted one of those days. I just wanted to take a road trip, and I was by myself, which is kind of lame, but I still enjoyed it. Like I, I went to Chapel Hill. I don't even remember what I saw. Um, but yeah, I went there to see a movie and they had a full restaurant in the front and you could get alcohol. This was like, I don't know, five, six years ago, probably. It's the first time I'd ever had been able to take a beer with me into the theater, which is pretty awesome. And then it's just spread. spread. So, so now, now, like even in the marketplace, like now, now every theater here in, in our town uh, I think the Aperture downtown, which is independent, they show primarily independent films. Yeah. Um, they were the first, I think, to offer it here in this area because they're downtown. They're kind of classy, you know, like they they offered wine. I think, didn't we see the Tree of Life there once? We did. Yeah. yeah. With, your, with your wife, actually. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think the last movie I saw there was Black Swan, which that's probably been almost, I don't know how many years ago that's been. I want to say 20, 
yeah, I don't even know, 2014 maybe? That's been a while, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I, I think I did go to see a couple of TV episodes there, uh, but it's been I a like long it. time. I, I need to make it back over there. I don't really, I don't have a good excuse, honestly, because I do enjoy independent films. Um, now, typically, you know, if I go to the theater, I do like seeing something that's more, that's both a visual spectacle and and has an enjoyable plot and everything else like if i'm seeing like just a drama piece i, I typically don't go to the theater for that i don't know right uh, I, i'm assuming you don't do that too often either no i mean i don't really drama is not entirely my thing uh more into action adventure comedy um sci-fi Speaking of which, that just made me think of Free Guy. I've never seen that. Have I you seen liked that? it. Did you, did you like it? Yeah. One day we'll review it. Maybe. I saw it in theaters. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did not. Well, obviously, I haven't seen it yet, so just hadn't gotten around to it. I, I do like Ryan Reynolds, though, so I, I, whenever I, I've been anticipating enjoying it, whenever I do see it. So anyway, uh, what did we come here to see? Well, do you remember the name? <laughs> I have no idea. I went in so blind. This is the blindest movie I've ever gone in to see. I didn't even see a trailer. I didn't even know the name. I didn't know nothing about this film except it was an anime. We get in there in Japanese. And I'm like, Richard, you took me to a subtitle film. That's okay. That's okay. I just won't... I don't get to be lazy tonight. I have to read these subtitles, but they had English. How you, yeah, it's how you enjoy anime. <laughs> they had English dub, but it wasn't until ten o'clock, so I was like, okay. "I'm not staying Why? up that late." <laughs> they had like a four o'clock showtime and a ten o'clock in English dub, and then they had like a or something like that. Anyway, yeah, I was like, "No, I'm not waiting till ten o'clock for English well, dub." Us anime purists got to see the subtitled one. Yeah, which I I do enjoy, especially if the Japanese acting is excellent which in this case it, it was um like i thought the voice acting was excellent yeah. um, so the film was psychopath something or another psychopath providence i believe is the title Psychopath providence psychopath path psycho hyphen path providence i believe that's correct oh, okay. uh, obviously if i'm wrong about the minutiae we'll correct it when we put the title on the episode but uh i myself i only found out I only knew what, that it was a series because we got, uh, I don't know if you had noticed it on Crunchyroll, but the series has been popping up on the homepage of Crunchyroll, so I had seen like the little thumbnail, um, but I don't think I knew anything else about it other than just I knew it was on Crunchyroll. I haven't been using Crunchyroll uh, lately, so I didn't know. I figured out it was a series watching this film and being like, you know... There's a whole lot of backstory here. I don't know anything about. This must be a series. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those films that takes place. Uh, apparently, it's already had five seasons at this point. Oh, cool. And um, so this is. That reminds me of X Files. Like there was the first X Files movie came after five seasons. So, and and yeah, there's obviously a lot of backstory. But um, so I had some doubts about it. But actually, this was came on the recommendation of the. Um, both the group more generally, but also a, a specific member of the Winston-Salem anime group on Facebook, uh, of whom the Irreverent Nerds fan page is, cool. is, a, is a part or is following, connected to. And uh, 
they made a post about it because I didn't know the movie was coming up because we haven't been watching the series, so it, you know, I hadn't, I wasn't aware that that was coming. But I do try to keep an eye out, you know, for anime films that pop up because usually they're only out for like one week. Yeah. And uh, we've caught a few other ones, and you guys can go back in our backlog like we did um, that time. I got reincarnated as a slime, Scarlet Bond, the movie. Uh, Dragon Ball Super, uh, superhero. Yeah, and that was, I think that was the first one we went yeah. to. like, And that was actually my first Dragon Ball experience, uh, and it was enjoyable. I really liked it. It was very Piccolo-heavy movie, <laughs> which um, I, didn't, I didn't know that was abnormal for the series, but I, I liked it. It was good. Well, Piccolo is a great... You know, we're not talking about that, though. Piccolo no. is a great character, though. But back to Psychopath or Pass or whatever it is. It's either Psychopass or Psychopath. Probably Psychopass. Providence. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I get it right in the title. No. Apologies to the people that really love it. Uh, again, I, I like literally just found out about this series. Like I didn't know what it was about until today. Like, literally today. And I saw that, and I saw that it was... In the in our local theater, and I knew it would probably only be here for a week. So I was like, "Hey!" And it also happened to fall on Anime Week, so we're here. Yeah. So for those of you who like me, two days ago me didn't know what the hell this movie was about. Let's let's see if we can try and describe it. Uh, so it takes place. I did I did read this part online. Uh, twenty. Well, no, I think they also talked about it in the film. Like. 2118 the year 2118 or 21 2118 uh, is when it takes place in 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 Japan like I think pretty much entirely takes place in Japan and um, I I missed a little bit at the front as you can maybe fill in if you remember Um, they described the geopolitical scene a little bit that I don't know if there was like world wars. There was some kind of of massive, almost planet wide disruption. And apparently, Japan was one of the few countries that escaped unscathed and was like they called it like I don't know like a haven for peace or something. I, I didn't catch all of it because it it kind of came on the screen yeah. fast. There was this big paragraph of text, and apparently Richard read more than I did because it it came and went. And, really fast yeah I, I didn't even get to read half of it I looked over and I was like yeah what <laughs> what, what? I, I didn't have, what <laughs> if you're gonna give us text give us enough time to read it <laughs> yeah well they're like well if you were Japanese you would read more fast, more quickly probably um you know I, I have heard that they have a better educational system than we do in America at least on the average educational system they take their shit very seriously no um, summers, uh, no summer vacation. Really? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't. I mean, you know, if you think about Just it, keep going straight through. Like when you get out, you know, you maybe graduate you from week, university, you know, like, like maybe a week off. Like you don't get a summer vacation in the real world unless you're well, yeah. unless you're a professor or a teacher. But otherwise, like you got to work all year round. Like you don't you don't get a break. Like you don't get summer vacation. Well, Americans are spoiled. Yeah. Yeah, not that being said, I loved my summer vacations as a kid, and I'm sure the teachers love them as well because teaching is very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Okay, so so we're in futuristic Japan. They have become somewhat of a of a leader, and they have developed 
I didn't catch whether it was in, in coordination with any other country, but they have developed this AI called Sybil. And if I understand correctly, Sybil is... It, it's essentially... Re- it, it kind of serves a dual function. It, it's replacing, like, kind of the maybe the executive function of a government, um, maybe even to some extent the legislative, although I didn't quite catch whether it replaced that, but definitely the executive function, I think, of government. And on a religious note, which this film does deal a lot with with religion as well, um, there's a sense in which, at least for some people, the AI, the AI Sybil has also, re- I don't know if replaced God is the right word, but maybe become a God of a sort. Right, well that was definitely the viewpoint of the antagonist of the film. I don't think that other people necessarily saw Sybil that way. Uh, yeah. But there was a opposing AI that our, our antagonist saw as a god or his god. Yeah, and you don't... Well, spoiler warning, obviously. If, if you haven't... Well, we haven't seen any of the series, so in some no. sense we've spoiled, spoiled some of the series for ourselves because I'm... I got the impression, like, uh, there were certain very characters that I'm assuming have been important throughout the series that meet their end. Um, so, spoiler warning to all of you who love this series, um, but haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, yeah, you probably would already know. Don't don't listen to this until you yeah. see the movie because I don't this, want I don't want to do that to you. If you've been watching this for five years, this yeah, movie heavily do changes the status quo of this series. Yeah, and, and you, you could tell like a, that there was backstory, like you said, of several of the major characters. And um, I know I'm not going to get the names exactly right because there, there were so many Japanese names and I was trying to like read the subtitles the whole time as well. And like uh, I'm going to miss some of them. But um, in terms of their function in the story, hopefully you know we'll get that right. Um so let's see. So main characters. So you have, actually, you could probably bring it up on your phone. We at least get the names right. <laughs> I was just going to call him cute lady, undercover guy, <laughs> uh, prodigal son. Okay, let's just look this up now. Yeah. Uh, so while he's doing that, um, just an overview that it seems that the the Japanese government is is quite complex at this point. There's like multiple agencies and there's some major changes that are happening doing no small part two, the rise of Sybil, the AI, and a decision which it sounds like was not fully democratic. Like that seems to be where some of the conflict is, is that um, one of the main characters, you know, you know, she is very much an advocate for democracy, for the voice of the people to be involved in a decision as to whether to fully adopt Sybil. And then there's others that are taking a more autocratic approach to it. All right, so we got our, our character list here. Yeah, I just, I don't remember who's who except for Shundo and... Okay, so yes, our... Our, Shundimoni. our main, fem- main female protagonist is Akane Sunemori. And I don't know if you call him our main male protagonist. He's definitely one of the primary male supporting characters, but the uh, Shinya Kogami. Right. Uh, and both of those characters 
appear pretty early on. I think Kogami appears first because doesn't it start with like a combat? Yes. Yeah, it starts with a, a combat scene where he's sent in to to help. Um, pretty cool, by the way. He like base jumps off a plane onto a boat, like that. That takes some balls. Like <laughs> to base jump off of a moving plane onto a moving boat, <laughs> and he. I guess he had some kind of guidance system because like, he he lands on the boat, and uh, and doesn't get killed right off the bat either. Like he he stays alive, so he's very skilled operative. Right, definitely doesn't even have the. I noticed that they were fighting soldiers with padding and helmets and just killing them, but these these uh, protagonists don't have anything. Sometimes they're just fighting in suits or street clothes, and like they're fine. So let's let's read the the premise here. Uh, I don't think this will give anything away, but again, we've already given spoiler warnings. So, just to give our our, our listeners a a um, at least a cogent summary, because we're probably going to be all over the place. <laughs> right. By, by the way, speaking of the fights, I I found them to be very realistic and choreo- choreographed. 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 There we go. <laughs> it's okay. We're both tired. It's late. Um, yeah, I thought so too. I thought. Um, and not, I'm not familiar. I think I have seen some other work by Toho Animation, but I'm not familiar with their methods. If they're like, if the characters are completely hand drawn, or if they're hand drawn on a computer. Well, um, I don't know, but I think this this movie definitely used a lot of CGI for oh, yeah. vehicles and different things. Yeah, which seems to be even going back to the '90s was pretty typical for for Japanese anime, from at least the ones that I've seen. Like. Appleseed, you know, and, and Ghost in the Shell and the like, you know, even going back to mid-90s had had a mixture of CGI and hand-drawn. I think it's an artistic choice. Yeah, and I, I like it. There's some consistency there. Let's see. Okay, so premise. Set in January of 2118, quote, while attending a meeting as a chief inspector of the Public Security Bureau, Akane Sunemori received a report that an incident had occurred on a foreign vessel. Akane and Atsushi Shindo, head of the Statistics Division of the Ministry of Health and Welfare. Okay, I, I never did catch what his official position was. So, Shindo's another one of our, the main characters. So, he's the head of the Statistics Division of the Ministry of Health and Welfare. Which that makes sense that he would have some tie-ins with like AI and and whatnot. Like if you're already handling statistics and analysis. Yeah. Let's see, he's also attending the conference, so they rush to the scene. So the incident, so that that's how the movie opens, and like you have a boat that's traveling, and feel free to jump in with extra details. Um, actually, do you wanna? Do you remember well enough? Do you wanna narrate the the incident at the beginning? Well, all these guys come out of this airplane in the sea, and they go on this boat, see, <laughs> and start shooting up the place, see, and they're all padded, but all the people they're shooting just, just be wearing security guard uniforms, see. Very very poor choice in armor. <laughs> and, see, black guy and Russian guy go in and, and kill this lady, see, chop her head off, off camera. Yeah, that was interesting. They, they had a... I don't know how common that is in Japan, but I'm assuming it's not very common to have uh, a, a black man working for a Japanese security force. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure well, there was, are some, but he, he was one of the antagonists. 
Yes, but they were, they were. I think originally, if I caught the details correctly, they were originally like Japanese military of some sort or, or something well, along those lines, and they kind of went, or at least officially went, AWOL. Not AWOL, but like rogue, I guess. Uh, spoiler alert, I think um, they might have been non-Japanese, maybe military of a different country, because... Mercenaries. Uh, because they said that the, and this is the spoiler, that uh, Akira, the mole, the spy working for them, which I called the Russian earlier, I think he's Russian, but I'm not sure. They, call, they called him a, by a Japanese name, though, but they said that he was working with them because uh, they would not accept a Japanese person. Um... So it just makes me feel like maybe they were not a Japanese group themselves, but I could be wrong about that. Okay, and, and the movie is Psychopaths. <laughs> so it's not Psychopath. I saw the poster. Know, Psychopaths Providence. Um, we'll tell you what, your, your battery's getting low, so let me go ahead and finish this premise, and then, okay. we'll, then we'll keep talking. Um, let see. Who was also... Okay, where was he at? Okay, Shindo, head of the statistics division of the Ministry of Health and Welfare, who was also attending the conference, rushed to the scene. But for some reason, the authority investigate to investigate is delegated to the Action Division of the Overseas Coordination Bureau of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. <laughs> Need an acronym for that. What would that be? Yeah. From the ship, Dr. Dr. Melissa Strongskaya, whom, which that sounds like Western European, whom Atsushi had invited as a guest for the meeting, is found dead. Behind the incident was the existence of the Peacebreakers, which the Action Division had been pursuing for a long time. So, like, rogue soldiers of some sort. Um, the Criminal Investigation Department's Division 1 learns that the incident was caused by the peacebreaker who is targeting Dr. Strongskaya's established research known as the Strongskaya Document and forms a team to conduct a joint investigation with the Behavioral Investigation Department. There they find Shinya Kongami, a former fugitive from the Public Security Bureau. With the cooperation of Joji Saiga, with whom Dr. Stronskaya had last communicated, the team heads for Dejima to obtain the document. Akane and Kugami are confronted with an unexpectedly large case involving the Stronskaya document. A truth is hidden that will shake the Japanese government and the civil system. The untold story that connects the missing link between Psychopaths, Sinners of the System, Case 3, On the Other Side of Love and Hate, and Psychopaths 3 will finally be revealed. So apparently they had a couple of other movies previous to this. Oh, okay. So, I'll give that back to you so that you can preserve some of your battery. <laughs> Alright. So we got the initial incident, so do you want to talk about the professor and, and what she was working on? Well, apparently it was, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but it had something to do with Sybil. It had something to do with whether or not Sybil would actually work correctly and efficiently. Uh, it had some 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 sort of uh, importance to whether or not the traditional legal system should be kept. 
So it was very important for our, our protagonists to get their hands on this paperwork as well as the antagonist who needed it somehow to finish his own AI spoiler. Yeah, so I think it was um, just to fill in some some holes, hole, oh no, holes. To fill in a little bit there. Um, so yeah, the research was intended, and I guess she formed some kind of, I don't know, some kind of, I don't know if it's computer program as well, but some kind of statistical analysis. But the the goal was to try to predict, I think in particular the economic impact um but maybe also legal like you said but that like definitely economic among other things like the impact that the implementation of civil would have on other on other cultures like you said um other societies and whether that would i guess be a positive or negative on the whole um so yeah some people who are like almost religiously dedicated to civil or and who like don't want any possible negative information to come out I guess right and uh, the apparently the document had some sort of dirt on the Japanese government oh yeah like what they've been doing maybe in part with the peace peace breakers uh, appropriately named I guess I don't know but like yeah you, you do get some glimpses of what they've been up to the peace breakers and all the damage that they've done overseas um yeah, like, which is really interesting how they played. Nerds, we would love to find out who is on the other side of the microphone. There are multiple options by which you can connect with us. Our Instagram handle is at irreverent underscore nerds. We are on Facebook and YouTube as simply the irreverent nerds. Makes sense, right? And of course, we are on your podcast app. If you listen on Spotify, scroll down through the episode description and you will see a question. What did you think of this episode? We welcome your feedback, including your constructive criticism. We also post episode-specific polls and questions from time to time on Spotify, so please feel free to jump in and give us your two cents. All right, nerds. I've talked enough. Let's get back to this week's episode. Around that, because, like, I mean, aside from World War II, like, I don't know of any, any, again, not aware of any, any type of, like, overseas action. Like, Japan, I think, again, since World War II, has stayed pretty neutral, right? Like, I mean, you may be more familiar with that than I have. Like, they've remained relatively neutral in, in foreign affairs or any kind of military conflicts uh, since World War Two. Japan? And, yeah, I think that would be accurate. Which makes total sense. Like, if you got two atom bombs dropped on you, you'd be like, yeah, we're good on war for a little while. You know, we just lost, what, 300, 400,000 people? Yeah. I think we're good. You know, um, yeah. My, my understanding is that the common populace there is not even allowed to have guns currently. And I think the police are not allowed to use guns. They use martial arts, oh, okay. which is actually kind of cool. Cool, cool. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, 
but yeah, but in, in this future, there are these, what do they call them? They're these dominators. Dominators. Yeah. These, these specialized guns that are tied into Sybil and there is a, and this is where it reminded me of minority report. Sybil measures your criminal coefficient. And I guess that's like how likely you are to create, to commit a criminal act. Right. Um, and if, if it goes above a certain level, then the dominator will activate and allow you to either in physically incapacitate them or if they're serious enough of a threat to kill them. Like Right. And apparently um, that has something to do with Sybil's version of the law. If uh, the dominator doesn't activate because Sybil doesn't think that you're coefficient is high, your criminal coefficient is high enough, then basically you can't be a... I'm not sure. It seems like you can't be arrested, but at the end of the film a certain character we won't name yet was arrested even though the Dominator did not turn on. That was yeah. confusing. They said that on the news in the film that everyone in Japan was confused about what, why that happened. Why the Dominator didn't activate... It was another part in the film where the dom the dominators didn't activate when the protagonists were facing off against the antagonists, and I think that has something to do with the other AI known as the general. Spoiler, um, maybe confusing Sybil or hijacking the dom dom dominators or something in order to make it look as if. The coefficient was not high. Might yeah. have something to do with the div the divider. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, which, if I understood correctly, like they got into like this this idea of like um, both neuro they got into a little bit of the neuroscience of it, like this kind of what they call it, the bicameral theory or something like that, the bicameral division of human consciousness. Essentially, like, if, if I understood correctly, like, our ability to, in a sense, like, with our minds, like, observe ourselves from outside, like, to objectively, more or less, uh, or at least as we might perceive it, observe ourselves. I think, I think the way they put it was, like, from a God's eye view, you know, kind of, like, look look out above and, and observe ourselves. So what was it, the, the general kind of takes that to the extreme and like makes the divide um stronger i guess to where where you can like completely separate and then the general can take over people and i they, think that sounds correct maybe they do things they wouldn't normally it kind of shuts off their connection to their own empathy and they do things they wouldn't normally do right i think they compared it within the film to like the scientific equivalent of a religious frenzy, I think. Yeah, I didn't understand that, but they did say it. I guess I would have to study and understand religious frenzy better to understand that quote. I'm assuming they're referencing the type of phenomena that leads to extremism, in particular that leads to extremist violence, you know, like, like suicide bombings and the like. Or flying planes into buildings, or you know, or the Crusades. I mean, you, you know, we go further back, you know, or the forced forced conversion. I mean, you name it. Like, but 
the more modern example, I guess, would, would be uh, extremist, extremist Muslims, uh, you know, who, um, I don't know if, I don't know if frenzy is really the right word necessarily, because it, it's, it's definitely something that, like, they're recruited, yeah. often, usually it's very young men who are recruited, occasionally women, but mostly men recruited and groomed in a sense by by the leaders over time but but they but they are like obviously devoted enough to be willing to they're able to overcome their own survival instincts in a sense like for the sake of the cause so to speak yeah when i think of frenzy i think of sharks i think of sharks getting the scent of blood and just going crazy um so maybe a religious frenzy uh, a benign religious frenzy I could maybe equate to a charismatic uh, movement, but like getting slain in the spirit, yeah. Kind of thing. But perhaps a more negative religious frenzy might be getting worked up by a preacher in order to commit acts of violence or extremism, like you said, caught up in the moment, perhaps. Yeah, and there's there's other factors like. <clears throat> there's other movements that don't have a deity at their head that have a similar effect on people like hypernationalism, fascism, you know, like like the the hypernationalism you saw with the Nazi party for instance, like um and I, I don't think everybody that got involved in fighting for Germany was like all in, but when you you have people like the SS who were like they're they were the people that were like completely bought in to the belief system if you will, but this is definitely a very hyper-nationalism and ethnocentrism of, like, we're the superior race and all our races are subordinate to us or should be, and there's certain races that shouldn't even exist, like, and they they bought in enough to commit, I mean, heinous, heinous acts. Um, heinous. So it's like, so yeah, and that, I mean... Most of them probably were Lutherans. I think probably a good portion of them probably were Lutherans, but um, I don't know that there was a lot of like religion, strictly speaking, involved in it necessarily. Like maybe some religious language, perhaps in Germany. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely know that Hitler used religion as a tool. Um, he definitely convinced the churches. Not not every Christian or the or religious person in Germany bought into it, of course, but no, I would say not even not every soldier either. I would yeah, say probably like to uh, be anti-Semitic, but yeah, yeah. I, I know that unfortunately there were some very anti-Semitic writings that Martin Luther wrote towards the end of his life, and some people speculate he might have been senile at that point. It's, it's hard to say, but. He, I heard about that. It was kind of like a laundry list of the very things that the Nazis did, a lot of it. And it was, so I don't know how much of an influence that may or may not have had, but like, but yeah, I kind of get into that. That's more like a sustained frenzy or maybe even bordering on a psychosis where you're like doing just dehumanizing other people and doing these horrible things like the gas chambers and the, you know, and, and I know that some of the soldiers were probably doing it under threat fear that they would be killed or their family would be harmed if they didn't go along with it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that was definitely factors in there as well, but then there were probably others who, who like, got some sick enjoyment out of it 
or just bought in so much they were so blind to the the cause so i think maybe there's a little bit more of that connotation like that's definitely the kind of energy you feel from the soldiers in this film like as they're fighting like like the guy that repeatedly gets shot you know and then then he literally literally a um a fighter with a cybernetic arm punches a hole through the guy's yeah. intestines all the way out through his back and and then he he still has the the tenacity slash commitment to the cause to blow himself up well, after that. <laughs> I was actually confused because he that guy, this is the black man we were talking about. I don't know the character's name, but he got shot in the head. Yeah. And apparently had died, but had then had become quote-unquote possessed. I, I'm confused whether it was the AI possessing him or the uh. main antagonist that serves the AI. Kona- Konami, General Konami. I think they name it Konami at, at one point. Like. I think I think his name was Toonami. No, no, Konami. Ko- <laughs> Ko- I believe it's Konami, uh, which ironically is also a. That's not. Isn't that a, uh, a company that made Street Fighter? <laughs> Konami. Um, um, but it must also be a Japanese name. Um, I believe it was Konami. I think that was the name that was given to the. AI, which for a long time you don't know that it's an AI in the film. Uh, I don't know about in the series, but in this, as, as far as this film is concerned, like you don't know for a long time that it's an AI. So it sounds like that was a revelation because the main protagonist, Akane, she didn't know. She suspected that it was an AI, but didn't know for sure. And we find out it was actually a kind of like a. Um, it was like a. It was a part of the connected to the Sybil program. It was like a, a sub... I don't know what the IT term would be, but like a subgroup um, was meant to be like a, a patch or like a, an, an addition to Sybil, I think. Um, oh, the uh, the document, the paper? No, no, the uh, the general, like the oh, Konami was, okay. was meant, was designed to be a part of the Sybil program, I think, but never got combined with Sybil, I think. Right, right. Um, Sorry, I I was distracted looking at the character list. I didn't see the antagonist's name in the character list. I think that's what they call it. And and I guess in part it's to throw both the the viewer but also the characters within the story off. Like to make them think that there's a person behind it and not just an AI. Right. Because like I said, Akane doesn't, doesn't, she suspects but doesn't know for sure until right there towards the end and she finds out that it is an AI but but I actually wonder if the black man was actually dead but his body was being controlled like his nervous system was being controlled by the uh, the AI, the antagonist AI that's possible I, I, I hadn't thought of that it was but, talking through him and yeah. he was just taking all sorts of punishment that you know, even even getting his intestines punched out, like you said. That must be what it is, because at one point, doesn't one of the characters like, what are you? <laughs> or something yeah, like that. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense now. Yeah. It wasn't just his frenzied devotion, but it was, like, also that there was, like, literally a detachment from his own pain as he was taken over by the AI, uh, by the, the general. Um... But yeah, like, I feel, 
I'd like to pause here for a minute and talk about the aesthetics, like the the music and and the CGI and the art. Like, um, what what did you think about those elements? Well, you mentioned X Files earlier, and that surprised me because this film reminded me a little of X Files and the music, but only only that I heard a couple of familiar uh, piano keys in some of the music. Um, but that's beside the point. Anyway, I really liked the music. It was... I don't know how to describe it. It was good. It definitely definitely reminded me of, of other anime music where, you know, you get these, like, you have this big action and then you have these more contemplative moments, you know. Um, actually, uh, Kingdom Hearts is coming to mind a little bit, too. Kind of that, cool. just like that flow, that little contemplative music. Dun, 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 dun. There were moments like that where there's like serious conversation going on, which this movie was, even with its action, it was very dialogue heavy. It had a lot of dialogue. Yeah. So, what did you think of the, the art, the, the artistic choices and stuff? I really liked it. Um, for some reason, I got used to it, but there's the skin tone of the characters was very white. I noticed yeah. that in the beginning. Yeah, I think the the color tone of the film too like had an effect on that I think it's like the um like this would be similar to like if it was live action there would be like um a lens filter of some sort which can be added digitally later right? but like what used to be like a literal filter over a lens you know a color filter to change like the it also kind of has an effect on the emotional tone of the film so yeah it was very like there wasn't a lot of color in general. Everything was muted, with a few exceptions, like the the random like blonde-headed people, which right. I, I guess in Japan like you'd have to dye your hair because I don't think I'm pretty sure no one's born with blonde hair in Japan. At least it'd be pretty rare, I would think. Like, I think most if people had that, it'd probably be a dye like dyeing their hair. I don't know. I may be wrong. Well, well that's a confusing thing about anime. Sometimes characters have blonde or even blue or green or red hair well I guess red can be normal but um, they have these different hair choices sometimes because they're foreigners but others sometimes just to break things up so that uh, there's more variety that not everybody has the same hair color uh, and it can be confusing which one it is uh, it can be confusing. Are are these Japanese people or are these foreigners? Yeah, there was yeah. one. There's one female character, um, you know, very capable um, fighter. You know, she's tall, blonde, very light skinned So, so yeah, she she almost looks like European, um, but she speaks fluent Japanese. Obviously, the actress doing her voice was, was right. Japanese. But yeah, she looks more European, like well, even uh, of European descent. Are we talking about one of the professors or a different characters? No, like one of the um, members of the um, the was it the peace peace force or the um, the same thing that Akane is a part of, like part of right, her, that would her be team. The, um, well, our, it's on the tip of my tongue. The safety yeah commission. safety commission. Safety Corps. I don't know. Safety Corps. Something something along those lines. Obviously, you guys have been watching this series. You can probably just, like, 
it's that it's that but this is our first time seeing any of it so we're still trying to educate us <laughs> yeah we're still trying to keep all the yeah, you know, which hopefully this makes this a little more interesting as a review for you because we're coming in fresh, uh, having yes. not watched five seasons. So we have some, I don't know if objectivity is the right word, but just like, just we can kind of observe the film as a film. You have you know, no bias. Uh, which I think it I think it works well as a standalone film. Like, I was able to follow along well enough. Like, I, I didn't feel, like there were some moments where I was like, I know my understanding would be deepened and there'd be moments in the film where I'd be like, what? If I'd been watching it for five seasons, like I got that impression. Um, but they still had weight and impact within the film itself. And, and, and I could tell having, knowing that there's a series behind it, but even just as the film presented it, it was done well enough that I was like, I still felt the weight of those events for the characters, even not having seen the series, which that's gotta be hard to pull off. I would imagine like to make it interesting enough yeah. and cool, you know, um, Cause yeah, they're trying to make money as a theatrical release, so they they know not everybody will have seen the series first, like us. We have not, so. Yeah, yeah, the film carried itself well. There were still some moments where I was just like, "What?" Even though I didn't didn't have a prior attachment to these characters, you know, the the climax, the ending, definitely, you know, caught me off guard. Oh yeah, yeah. So. We're about 45 minutes in, so we, we can talk about that. Like, So, like, um, I forget the exact... Like, before the final battle sequence, you have... Is it Shindo? Shinjo? Like, he... He uh, is relieved of... Like, he gives the papers, the Strabonsky... I'm getting the names wrong. Strabonsky papers, Strabonsky papers to the Peace Corps. And as a result, he loses his position. No, Peace Corps, like the the corpse, like the. You sure it's not Peacebreakers? Yeah, the Peacebreakers okay. are the antagonists. Like oh, he gives it oh, to the. Okay. What effect? They look like the the police, basically, like the the police, or maybe the equivalent of the FBI, for that. Oh, I thought you were talking about the antagonist. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, the. And um, and then then he he makes it through his his son or no he makes it through the wedding gives a speech and then he shoots himself in his car Shindo Shindo yeah right after the wedding so then Akane is in a sense chosen both by Sybil and by the director of her agency to be she's like yeah you're probably going to be asked to be his successor and you should take that take that role um but she decides to kind of go rogue and do her own thing to try and find out answers from the peacebreakers yeah and um yeah but at the end you want to you want to drop the bomb at the end like i've well akane shoots her 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 uh ex-boss the director in public and um, like live television <laughs> and Sybil doesn't think she has the high enough criminal co- coefficient for the police to make it a, uh, or, or at least to shoot her anyway shoot her. they're not allowed to shoot her yeah because they definitely moved to shoot her because she's just murdered an important public official yeah 
know, point blank. director of the so yeah. the, like the director's subordinates, you know, former co-workers of Akane's, take immediate action, but then they can't shoot her because like Sybil's like, nope. They were at some sort of award ceremony or something, and I'm not sure what it was, but, but I, I she was know. being she was being installed in Shindo's position. So like, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, she the scene before that, she actually said that she quit. So. I didn't understand. Well, she that. left the. She had to leave the the core that she was in to uh, take that position because it was in a different okay. different department of the government. Okay, I get you now. Yeah. Yeah, which if Will's phone wasn't about to die, I'd, I'd go back and read it. But <laughs> and unfortunately, when we're doing video uh, on my iPad, I can't I can't read anything. I can't open have open windows and stuff. So we just have to go by memory. But um, yeah. But yeah, so it she makes it more interesting. I guess, hopefully, <laughs> make you you guys got to go look it up for yourself. So yeah, go do that. What movie um, did they watch? Yeah, Psychopath Redemption. No, Psychopaths Providence. Yes. Um, so let's see. So we don't have too much time left here. Um, nerd hats. Uh, I know we've talked about, or at least I've talked about us doing having more sophistication in the way we rate this. So like, if we had like. One nerd hat for cinem- like cinematography, you know. One nerd hat for like you could have production value, you know, which I guess could include special effects. You could have one nerd hat for acting, one for directing, and maybe one for for writing. I kind of like I don't know, some some something like that. But we we got to figure that system out. But yeah. But yeah, like um, how many how many nerd hats just off the cuff would you give this? I feel like a three point five, but I'm not sure if that's a fair assessment. That's just what I'm feeling right now. Come coming in, not knowing the series, not knowing these characters, it was still a good movie. Um, But uh, I don't know. I, that's just what what's coming to me. I'm not sure. I wasn't blown away, but uh, it wasn't a bad film either. How do you feel? Let's see. I'm trying to think. I think the only it's a good writing, good acting. Yeah, it had good writing. Good directing. It, it did get a little. Maybe a little too expositional at certain points, but you're dealing with very complex ideas, yeah. so that so they did have to do that to some extent. Um, yeah, I think the only and again this this was I guess using the same they wanted to look the same as the TV series, so they, they didn't. It doesn't seem like they upped the the quality just for the film. Um, it still looked gorgeous, but like the CGI looked kind of video game-ish you know yeah. it, it didn't look yeah i didn't like some of the cgi yeah it, it it looked a little underdone so i would take half a nerd hat off for that but everything else hit hit really well for me including the music so i want to and, and it challenged me as well like it, you know not and not just because we watched it with japanese audio and, yeah. and subtitles but just the content of the film like here i'd like to take a moment to talk to you about the irreverent nerds they're sitting here in my hideout all tied up 
uh, so they can't say this themselves, but they would like you to know that there are multiple options by which you can connect with them. Their Instagram handle is at irreverent underscore nerds. They're on Facebook and YouTube as simply the irreverent nerds. Ugh, so pedantic. And of course, they are on your podcast app. If you listen on Spotify, scroll down and you will see a question. What did you think of this episode? They welcome your feedback, or so they told me. Uh, They also post episode-specific polls and questions from time to time, so please feel free to jump in and give them your two cents while they're still alive. (laughs) All right, nerds, I've talked enough. Let's get back to this week's episode. It might be their last. You know, challenges you, makes you think. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed I enjoyed a challenge. Like some of the stuff we watch is not particularly challenging, and that's okay because yeah. we're we're trying to have fun too, you know. But but this is more like a very very serious, very very thoughtful film. I, I'm gonna say four point five. Cool. I, cool. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was excellent. Cool. Yeah. The other, like I said, the only points I would take off would be for like some of the special effects yeah. work, like some of the CGI, with the exception of like that aerial battle towards the end was was really good. Like that was that was really well yeah, done. But yeah. there but there were other elements throughout the film. I was like they could have spent more money on that. Yeah. But again, I don't. They only release limited release, you know, for like one week. So they're not necessarily trying to make a ton of money on you're, the theatrical release. Yeah, you're right. I probably wasn't fair of my assessment. I am tired after all from uh, my day job. But um, by the way, I you don't have to agree with me. I mean, you can disagree with me, man. That's right. okay. <laughs> well, I'm keeping my my assessment, but but yeah, yeah. Who knows? You know, maybe I'm not giving the film the credit it deserves. But here here's a topic I wanted to ask you right quick, just to see if it leads anywhere interesting. I think that you and I have two different interesting viewpoints about this. But what did you think about the use of religion in the film? I mean, my uh, there there's not just religion, but the stuff about the legal system and everything. Some of it maybe I wasn't smart smart enough to really understand. But the religious aspects, um, uh, I really appreciated some jokes early on in the film. Uh, centering around some biblical characters, I thought that was some good, light-hearted religious humor. I like the Apostle Paul and like John. Yeah, I should go. Uh, one character, a professor, says that he should go to Patmos and write a revelation and laughs. Yeah, what is it? Kagami says to Professor Saiga, yeah. "He's like because of your hermiting ways, I would see you more as a John than a Paul." <laughs> yeah, I was surprised the characters. Being Japanese, uh, and I was actually surprised they knew that much. Honestly, yeah, they're, they're, the characters must be well read up. But uh, either that, or and this may be because of our lack of viewing of the series. But I'm, I got the impression that, like in twenty one eighteen, the way they've written the series, that they've written it as maybe Christianity is more popular at that point than it is now in Japan because I know right now it's not as least as I understand it not right. particularly popular um, there's a pretty small last I heard anyway a pretty small percentage of Japanese like people like 3% or something like that yeah so it's not 
but maybe maybe that's part of the way they've written this is that that became more popular uh, and obviously Hello. guys those of you who have seen the series you're welcome to fill us in on this um, like you can as always you can like leave us voice messages um, or DMS that kind of thing on the social medias when the movie first started and it was getting into the religious stuff yeah it jumped it was, in pretty quick yeah like, it jumped in really quick it was a little weird and they quoted uh, a Bible verse, and I had to actually look that up after the film ju- just to see if they made it up or not. And well, I need to study more because apparently <laughs> it was it was First uh, Timothy two eighteen was, was one eighteen one eighteen yeah I yeah. think you're right it was one eighteen uh, it's actually what it said yeah and it, and it was contextual as well like it, it, it I guess like it because obviously like Paul's writing like just speaking objectively like he certainly talks about authorities and, and powers yeah um, both in the world and also divine obviously i mean um and you know and they even get into the idea although it, it they put it like a, a sign kind of a sci-fi twist on it the idea of possession like and yeah. they reference demon possession but then in this case it's an ai possessing the brains of of humans so but it's yeah. it, the interplay there i thought was interesting i found that interesting like between the the concepts which i mean part of the way i look at it now at religion is maybe just for myself is a little more naturalistically in the way of like it's like hey you know this is now i'm not calling this my theory of religion so much as i think there are aspects of it that just like that's those those are words we have given to experiences we've had or phenomena that we've experienced and these are words we have chosen to represent that or and and then stories you know we build stories up around these ideas or these concepts sometimes we create personas or characters to in a sense embody our understanding of the universe so like it's just a different frame of reference and, and you find these different frames of references all over the world like thousands and thousands of different you know which just from getting to know other humans and other human cultures even in understanding my own better it's it's fascinating to me like my my inner anthropologist finds it fascinating i guess um yeah how, how about you how did uh, how did you feel about it i know you've talked a little bit already but well uh I mean, it's always, as a religious person, it's always a um, iffy kind of situation to use uh, my religion in uh, something because, you know, like I appreciated the jokes, but then I didn't necessarily appreciate that the antagonist uh, was quoting New Testament Bible verses, but... but, and seems to be the case in Japanese anime that villains are often, not always, but uh, uh, spouting Christian dogma. Anyway, um, mm. that happens in American films some yeah, sometimes. True too. Sometimes that's true too. Not 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 always. And, and I and I won't lie. There is militant extremism even in Christianity, which I disagree with. I disagree with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, just yeah. look at look at things like the KKK. I mean, they yeah. avowedly Christian, use Christian terminology, but what 
you know, the majority of Christians I've known over the years, you know, uh, my my former self included, and, and obviously you would, would not condone the kind of no, violent no. acts that the KKK perpetrated against black Americans and, and or the overtly and, and, and covertly too, but like definitely you talk about overt racism. That's one of the first things that would come to mind with the KKK. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they would definitely use a lot of religious terminology and, and, and justifications for their, for their actions. Um, which I know a lot of Christians would disagree with the actions like, right. And, and wouldn't appreciate some of those phrases or being used in that way. So from the beginning of the film, I felt that maybe the antagonistic group was a cult, but that didn't turn out to be the case. Uh, they were not worshiping the God of the New Testament. They were, or some sort of, false version of the god god of the new testament they were worshiping this ai and the ai nor the group claimed that this was the god of the new testament why they were spouting uh, a christian bible verse and whatnot at the beginning of the film i'm not sure why but they definitely saw the ai as a god not not the monotheistic god of the abrahamic faith um Maybe that's part of the because, like, I don't know if this is still the case in Japanese culture, but those who are religious, I think, would be. I think Buddhism has been one of the dominant religions there. I think is there also was Shintoism? Is that another? Am I remembering right. correctly? Right. No, that's correct. So it has a lot to do with like worship but, of ancestors yeah, and things, right? I believe uh, Shintoism is a pantheistic religion. Hmm. Uh, Whereas Buddhism, at least not officially, doesn't officially have a deity. No, no, it is an. Uh, it is correct to say that Buddhism is an atheistic religion. Although, the, the little bit I have studied, I, I tend to think they do treat the Buddha somewhat like a deity, at the very right. least, like a at the at, at least like a demigod. Uh, even though they might not use, they would not use that terminology necessarily. I do think there are some strands of Buddhism that do have deities, but those are, I think, it's more right. re- more regional. I guess of like. Maybe it's kind of where there was like a religious synthesis that occurred. Again, I'm not, a, not an expert on, on, on Buddhism by any means. But yeah, okay, yeah, that would make sense. Like, Or then you have other like Zen Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhism, like other strains. Right. Chinese Buddhism. So you know, maybe like, not Japanese Buddhism, but some form of Buddhism I've read supposedly was atheistic in that they don't believe in a god... Uh, but yes, they do pray to the Buddhas. Yeah, and there's like a there's this concept of I think maybe the closest thing they have to a deity is like the concept of the eternal Buddha. But the eternal Buddha, on some level, I guess, inhabits specific Buddhas or manifests as specific Buddhas, like Siddhartha Gautama, you know, the most significant. But there's others, and then the priests are. There's like Buddha Vistas, which I guess is sort of the equivalent of maybe a prophet of some, you know, kind of. Uh, again, I'm not an expert on Buddhism, but um, but I, I did find it interesting that it being a Japanese anime, and I don't, I can't speak for the rest of the series, but at least in this movie, didn't seem to to hit on many Buddhist concepts, but they did delve into Christianity. So, I, right. like you, I did find that intriguing. Like why why that choice, and and um, maybe that has to do somewhat with the the background of the original creators of the series, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, or the writers, like, 
And speaking of that, I wanted to get into that. That's a perfect segue into it. Um, do you think that the reason why manga and anime, not always, but sometimes definitely tends to be more heady, is because of the emphasis on education in Japan? That's probably... I mean, I think that that's... I would say, yeah. I mean, that just looking at it as an outsider... That makes sense to me, you know, that there's much more of an emphasis on that. Because, um, yeah, you, I was just thinking about, like, you don't have as many, definitely not animated films in the U.S. Like, the closest we have to serious animated films like that might be our DC and Marvel. And, you know, and they don't typically get that deep no. um, into, you know, so philosophy or, like... You know they'll they'll deal with it some. You know, like you obviously you have ideas of justice and things like that. You know, some of the obviously the I'm thinking more of the mainstream. Um, but yeah, I, I can't think. We don't have. We don't definitely not the same body of work right. that the Japanese have in terms of definitely like, not. You know, deeper uh, content, more adult adult oriented. South Park, if I'm not mistaken, definitely dives into a lot of commentary, social commentary and religious commentary and whatnot. Uh, they might do it in a, in a less reverent way than some of the anime. Yeah, guys, but, yeah. Uh, I think that would count. More like court gesture style. I mean, very comedic. We tend to take yeah. more of a comedic approach in our animation when we do deal with religion, like um, like The Simpsons or... I'm not. I don't. I haven't watched much Family Guy, so I can't say whether it, it uh, deals with that much. But I, South, I know South Park so. definitely deals with like politics and it goes yeah. religion, like anything's fair game from what I've heard. Like, and I haven't watched much. But well, um, it's. I used to watch South Park in the '90s, uh, and but anyway, it's my understanding from uh, listening to others that South Park has. A lot of uh, commentary on on things like that. I don't think that I mean Simpsons jokes about it, but I, I don't know that they make any good arguments or points. I yeah. know Family Guy definitely doesn't. <laughs> I think you do, and maybe even more so in Futurama. But you, you definitely, I've gotten the vibe from from like Mac. I mean, obviously he's definitely not the only person involved in the creating the Simpsons, like the original creator. But like, there's a general. At the very least, a general skepticism around religion, kind of, and in some episodes, an antagonism. I think it might be fair to say towards it, um, but they they don't completely write it off necessarily e either. There's even even a character who's like your, you know, like a Flanders who's, who's definitely a bit self righteous and like always follows the rules. He's also very kind and and has done a lot for Homer over the years and like so there's he's more complex I mean within right. that, within that world anyway um yeah and like the the reverend like the local reverend you know like most of the characters in the Simpsons he's a bit over the top you know but he's not a complete you know a-hole a a either <laughs> you know yeah uh, one of my, although I will say one of my favorite quotes like I think it was from a treehouse of... Well, no. This was an episode that... I think Laura and I... Maybe the only episode we ever watched together. 
I forget that something was happening to the church. I think someone lit it on fire or something. And then it just does a quick cut, you know, the Simpsons sometimes does to the to the minister. He, he sees what's happening. He's like, not the church. Jesus lives there. <laughs> and that has become a, a quote in our household. <laughs> it just struck us both funny. It's like, it's like even from our you know my previous christian perspective like that's just kind of silly it's like well no he doesn't just live there like he he lives in all you know but both on both sides of it it like hits perfectly it's like yeah. people that are christians can find it funny and people that aren't can find it funny too like for maybe for slightly different reasons but like it's just it's like a perfect joke <laughs> and it, yeah just no, but they're they're good at they're good at that, and and almost anybody's fair game with the Simpsons. So they so, equal equal opportunity, um, yeah, comedic approach. I guess. So when we do our Simpsons episode, whenever that is, yeah, when do, where does that fall into our schedule? Will that be a bonus episode, or will that be? Oh, that man, that's got to be. I feel like that week? that has to be a featured episode. So either we do a movie of the week where we do like the Simpsons movie, perhaps, as a launching pad into the series, or or yeah, our animation. Because yeah, we have been saying that the third Wednesday is like anime, but I I think we could broaden that to animation. Yeah. Like we could include like say animation. I mean, because I mean that's all anime means, right? It's just Japanese animation, right? Right. Um, I mean, when most people think of anime, they think Japanese animation. They don't think American animation, obviously. Um. But yeah, but yeah, we I think that does need to be one of our because we've talked about doing it so often that we we can't just like stick that away for the subscribers. I feel like that has to be available for everyone. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe we could do it as movie of the month and do the because that was actually my introduction to the Simpsons was the Simpsons oh, movie. Really, really. Yeah, when I watched that with you, that was my first time. I forgot we watched that together. Yeah, like way back in the day, not too long after it came out. I don't think. I oh. used to feel bad for corrupting you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and then then I got back back then like Family Video still existed, and um, I, there's probably some stores left somewhere. You know, like there's probably like the last Family Video out there somewhere. Just this. There's like I think there's one blockbuster left in like Portland or something. Um, there's actually a documentary about it, but the last blockbuster. We must um, make our pilgrimage to blockbuster. <laughs> but there used to be not too long ago. Like they, I think they only shut down a few years back. They they kind of you saw them shrinking, shrinking, and then eventually just went out of business. I don't know about the one up on Ronaldo Road. No, it's gone. Is it gone too? Okay, yeah. well, I guess the company went out of business. But anyway, like. Um, Back around the time I first saw that with you, they they had you could rent like a whole TV season for like three bucks, and you get it for five days. So you rent like a whole season. So I, I started going there, and I would I rented like Simpsons seasons because you didn't really have the streaming options back then. You you could get it through Netflix DVD rental, you know. But it was easier for me at the time just to go to yeah just to go to Family Video and, and rent it. Um, and I've still got uh and, and for some reason you bought a few seasons of simpsons on, on dvd and then you just gave them to me oh yeah like as for your birthday or so, something yeah so i've still got probably got them from mckay's <laughs> yeah i've got you did and i've got seasons one two three and five yeah and obviously if you have disney plus you can see the entire entirety of the the series i think with the exception of the newest season which i think is only on hulu yeah uh, which which I, the two are going to merge before too long i've oh, heard hulu and disney okay. plus are apparently going to which they're already owned by the same people, so they're well, eventually going to merge into one app. So, I, that, so they say. Yeah, I canceled my Disney Plus because 
I need to just cut back on my bills, but I guess I'll be getting it back soon. <laughs> yeah. I, I was sad that when I went to look, watch Simpsons that I could only watch the recent uh, season, but oh well. Yeah, but I believe all the back, like all 30-odd seasons are on Disney+. Plus. I have been for a while, I think. Except um, for the Michael Jackson episode. Oh, they took that out? Yeah. <laughs> they get sued by Michael or something? No, I don't. I haven't seen this episode to my knowledge, but apparently there was something that they thought was inappropriate in it. Oh, maybe a joke about pedophilia or something. Maybe. He was accused of that, which there's no evidence, no firm evidence that he was ever guilty of it. It definitely did some weird, made some weird choices. Uh, I think it might be fair to say, or at least maybe some choices of questionable wisdom. Yeah, that's probably my wife. Yeah, I'm sure mine will... Are you trying to contact me here soon too? <laughs> yeah, we're go- we're going long, so we should probably wrap this up. I'm um, surprised your phone's still alive. <laughs> it was at nine percent like an hour ago. Um, anyway, so yeah, we we recommend this this film, and uh, you know, and yeah. it, it's good as a standalone. Like if you if if like us, you don't really have the I don't have the time to go back and watch the whole series. Like I, there's so many other series that I've already started. Like even within the course of our you know, we just started Jujutsu Kaisen, and then My Hero Academia. Yeah. And Demon Slayer. You know, we've done, like, the f- the first few episodes of covered of multiple series. So, like, here's yet another one. I was like, I was like, it's like I'm kind of doing it to myself in some sense. I'm, like, <laughs> making my, getting myself interested. And I'm like, I don't have time to watch all of these. I'm like, I have other things I need to do. Um, I but know. But the, the movie's great on its own. Like, it's a really good film on its own. So we, I recommend it. Do you recommend it? I do. You know, it, it is a really great film. Uh, my rating, uh, whether my rating is correct or not, it's a really great film. The cars were, looked CGI weird, but it was a really great film. Uh, not all the cars, but eh, you'll <laughs> see what we're talking about if you see the film. But, uh, yeah, I recommend it. Cool. So, like, the the average rating, you know, if we average out our rating, uh, we give it four nerd hats. Between the two of us, that's that's the split the difference. Yeah, four fair. nerd hats. That, that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. So, nerds, uh, next week will be our movie of the month, which we've already been talking about what we want to do, but we, we haven't nailed it down yet. But uh, we've got several candidates that we're discussing uh, as an option but yeah that's our movie of the month uh coming next week and uh and then again on the 21st we're going to be which we need to record that <laughs> we're supposed to be dropping a, a bonus episode for subscribers only um we've already got ideas for that too we just that we just haven't done it we just got to do it um so hey nerds until next time until next time live long and prosper sayonara Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Irreverent Nerds Podcast. If you would, consider following us on Instagram. We are there at irreverent underscore nerds. You can also hit us up on Facebook. Just look us up there at the Irreverent Nerds. That's our fan page. We have a YouTube channel as well. Once again, the Irreverent Nerds. Nice and simple, right? And if you go to www.irreverentnerds.com, that will send you to our podcasters for Spotify, formerly anchor.fm, 
profile where you can send us a voice message if you want to support us financially or listen to the podcast. It will also direct you to other places you can listen like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, you name it. So like, comment, subscribe, follow, all those good things, wherever you find us, wherever you listen to us, we would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, nerds, live long and prosper. Avengers Assemble! I'm Batman. Thank you.